Hi, I'm Mike. And I'm Dave. And join us every Thursday for a new episode of Two Player Bros, a podcast about two guys who play way too many video games. Join me and Dave as we talk about the latest in Xbox, PlayStation, PC, and VR news, previews, and reviews. We have it all, and we play it all. And join us every other week for Post Game, where we play through and dive deep into our favorite modern classics and new releases. That's Two Player Bros, available every Thursday wherever you get your podcast. part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. I'm Pat Whalen. And I'm Mike Field. And throughout the history of cinema, nothing can compare with the phenomena of the MCU. Each episode, we'll tackle one film and discuss the differences between the comic book and what's on screen. We'll explore the growth of the Marvel Cinematic Universe from its inception to present day and beyond. And we'll have a little fun along the way. We may not have been first or second or even 48th, but we're hoping you'll take the journey with us into the MCU as we are yet another MCU podcast. You can find us on Instagram or wherever you get your podcasts today. Hello, everyone. It's time for another exciting episode of Cracking One <laughs> Open with Mike and Elise. I was gonna say, when did we get a contract with like NPR? Yeah, I, I had to like start boring and then get it, punch it up. All right. I can't do the whole the whole opening like that because then people will just you know turn it off. But that's the- some people might have turned it off when I got too excited. <laughs> <laughs> That you know what? No this, one, this level is way too much. It's way too much. No one who wants to learn about beer is going to sit through. Okay, and now we're going to open the bottle. Exactly. So why would you start out like that? Now my nose goes in the bottle. I sniff the bubbles. Ooh, they tickle. <laughs> they tingle. <laughs> <laughs> you got to be excited about what you're drinking one way or the other. Ooh, I like this or... Ugh! Well, we haven't had any. Ugh, yet. No, thankfully. Well, maybe a couple of the saisons from the other episode. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> we love you. Yeah, no, no. they weren't. They weren't. None of them were ugh, no. worthy. I've had some. Ugh, which worthy. I, which I was very impressed with. You made a good. You picked good. I know. <laughs> I did my research. I'm the beer fesser. You are beer fesser. <laughs> so beer fesser. Yes. What's what, what 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 am I taking notes on in class today? All right. So this week we are drinking Local 35 Double IPA from Hog River Brewing Company. Oh man, this is a double. It is. I didn't eat today. Uh, oh. <laughs> yeah, we're having dinner right after. I'll be fine. <laughs> so uh Hog River is located in Hartford, Connecticut, and was founded about three years ago by Ben and Joy Braddock, a couple who was so passionate about craft beer that they ended up leaving their corporate jobs in order to pursue opening their own craft brewery. That's called the dream, folks. Yeah, exactly. That's (laughs) literally what I was just about to say. So that was after Ben was able to get some serious experience in the industry and discover his own brewing style. So Hog River is located, like I said, in Hartford in the Parkville neighborhood. And the brewery is actually housed in the former Hartford Rubber Works building, uh, which manufactured the country's first pneumatic tires for automobiles and bikes. Uh, the tap room pays tribute to its industrial roots. And I'm pretty sure the logo does, too. But we'll we'll get to that. Um, so massive machinery from the turn of the century sits Amongst the bar stools and picnic tables and pieces of Hartford's history decorate the walls. 
which sounds pretty cool. Like I appreciate, um, you know, places around here like Pizza Co. and Colony Grill that pay homage to the building itself and like what was there before them. Right. Two Roads does that as well. Yeah. When you walk yep, up, you yep, get all the, the plain stuff. Yeah. No, that's it's really cool. And you repurpose something, but you remember what came before. Yeah. Um, so Hog River features a constantly rotating list of craft beers that are brewed on site, ranging from IPAs to sours to bold barrel aged beers. Bold barrel aged beers. Yeah, that was fun to say. <laughs> uh, they also have guest taps of hard ciders, wines, cold brew coffee and kombucha. I do love me some kombucha. Um, and it looks like they try to source those guest taps locally as well. Currently, the cider is from New England Cider Company, which is in Wallingford, and the kombucha is from Cross Culture Kombucha in Danbury. So interestingly, the beer that they consider to be their flagship is a Kolsch style. I feel like that's kind of out of the ordinary. It's like people usually choose like the Pilsner or the IPA or something like more standard, more accessible i guess to not necessarily beer aficionados yeah culture is a weird one to have as your flagship yeah but it's pretty cool <laughs> i feel like culture is kind of taken off though well we talked about that lately. in our other episodes we did the culture there's a lot more cultures yeah, out there lately definitely because they're good <laughs> <laughs> um so that's the only constantly available brew on their rotating tap list they quote favor Classic German styles like Dunkelweizens, Hefeweizens, and Schwarzbeers. I've never um, had a Dunkelweizen. <laughs> <laughs> but they brew across the craft beer style map, including pale ales, IPAs, cream ales. They actually have a cream ale on tap right now that has blood orange in it. That sounds really interesting. <laughs> uh, browns, porters, stouts, smoked reds, saisons, etc. End quote. So, yeah, backtracking just a tick. I had to look up what a Dunkelweizen is. Dunkelweizen. <laughs> so aside from being my new favorite word, it is a cross between a German style Dunkel, meaning dark, mm -hmm. and a Hefeweizen. Hmm. So it's distinguished by its sweet maltiness and chocolate-like character, um, but it can also have banana and clove esters from Weizen Ale yeast. And esters are the fruity aromas perceivable in beer, which are generated as a result of yeast fermentation, not direct addition of fruit or fruit flavors. So it's just the way the yeast ferments like the your your beer from SBC that you loved that had that banana flavor to it mm -hmm. probably wasn't flavored with banana. It was probably a result of esters like the, the fermentation of, of the yeast. Is your mind blown? Because it looks like your mind is blown right now. <laughs> Say what? <laughs> All right. So getting back on track. Um, the beer we are talking about today is Local 35 Double IPA, an amped up version of their most popular IPA of the same name. This DIPA clocks in at 9% ABV. <laughs> so it's a good thing we're having dinner after this <laughs> with an IBU rating of 40. Um, and is made with mosaic, citra lupulin, and amarillo hops, boasting a melody of tropical fruits with a punch of mango. And interestingly, at least online, the Dipa actually gets even better reviews than the original IPA. Hmm. So maybe that's why our local Packy had it and, and, not, not, the and not the original. Original, Maybe, maybe. 
But just for reference, since we don't have the original here to compare to, the original IPA is also made with mosaic, citra, and amarillo, but not citra lupulin. So the original IPA clocks in at 6.2 ABV and 32 IBUs. So it sounds like the double IPA version that we'll be drinking today has that extra flavor kind of rounded out by a little bit more bitterness, theoretically. (laughs) As many double IPAs do. Yes. So Mosaic. Uh, Mosaic hops are a fairly new variety of hop having been released in 2012, but they are patented. So you can't grow them yourself as a home brewer. You can only buy the cones or pellets. Um, And when they were bred, the goal was to create a hop that was similar to Simcoe, but something that would provide a higher yield. So the name Mosaic refers to the complex and broad aromas that it imparts. Its flavor profile spans the range of blueberry and berry medley to mango and stone fruit, floral, bubblegum, tropical, citrusy, grassy, piney, earth, and spicy. Captain Planet, he's He's a a hero. hero. Um, so Our we- powers combined. <laughs> Captain Beer. Captain Beer's an Captain, asshole. Captain. Oh. <laughs> Captain. No, it had to be more. It had to be a double syllable. <laughs> Captain Lager. <laughs> He's a- <laughs> Oh, boy. Uh, so because of Mosaic's clean bitterness, it works very well to use in the dry hopping process, which, as I mentioned, the original uh, Local 35 is. So I, again, would assume that the double IPA is as well, but I couldn't 100% confirm that. So next up, we've got the Citra Lupulin. And God knows we already know what Citra is. So what is Lupulin? It is the naturally occurring substance in hops that plays a large part in giving the hop its characteristic scents and flavors. And it's best employed during dry hopping. So that makes sense. (laughs) Um, An article from 2017 from Edible Brooklyn explained it pretty perfectly. Quote, cradle a fresh hop flower in your palms and gently rub them together separating the green leaves from the fine yellow powder inside. The soft stuff is called lupulin, and it contains all the resin compounds and essential oils responsible for imparting hop flavor and aroma to beer. Lupulin powder, also referred to as dust, (laughs) is thus a purified concentration of those compounds and oils. By removing the leafy plant material, brewers can dose large quantities of hops to achieve intense hop flavor and aroma without introducing the undesired astringent or vegetal flavors. It also increases yield as traditional pellets and whole leaf hops act like sponges with the green matter soaking up precious beer. (laughs) So... To summarize, uh, when brewers add hops to the beer, they're basically banking on extracting those hop acids and and essential oils in that lupulin. It's a more efficient way of extracting the flavor and aroma from the existing varietals of hops that we already know and love. So what it sounds like to me Uh in layman's term Uh is like when you get soda syrup from a soda fountain, you hook up a soda bib and it's basically pure soda and it mixes with the carbonated water. Yep. And that's what this Lapulin is, is basically pure hop flavor. Yeah. 
It's in like straight to the source. Yeah. Put an IV tube of hops in your beer. <laughs> That's a pretty good analogy, I think. So last but not least, there is Amarillo, which we haven't talked about in a while. Amarillo hops have a very distinct flowery, spicy, and tropical notes. They're considered dual purpose for both aroma and bittering. And they're also often used for dry hopping to augment the like lemony, orangey, citrusy character in that particular brew. Mm. And Amarillo hops were discovered by accident, having been grown alongside Liberty hops at Gamache Farms in Washington in 1990. And they looked just a, a little bit different in color and size and the way that they grow. So the farmers knew that it was... Definitely not a Liberty Hop. Mm -hmm. So they named it Amarillo because of its slightly more yellow color. And obviously, Amarillo is yellow in Spanish. See, si. I don't know how to respond in Spanish. So <laughs> uh, let's crack this baby open. See, si. <laughs> And we're back. We never left. <laughs> you know. Time to crack this baby open. Crack it. Ooh, oh, that smell, though, like right off the bat. Citrusy. Mm, I want to say mango-y. For a while this summer, I was having trouble distinguishing between mango and apricot, but I feel like this is more mango. Yeah, this is very mango. This yeah. smells like strong. <laughs> <laughs> this smells like a double IPA. Yeah, I get it's yeasty. The mm -hmm. doesn't have much carbonation to it. No, I'm surprised that it doesn't have a bigger head, actually. Like no head. I almost thought it was flat pouring out. But you can see the carbonation. Oh, I can see the carbonation, yeah. yeah. It's just That's super hazy. A lot of beers are like that, where mm -hmm. some just don't have a big head. It's got a lot of yeast on the on the nose, too, yeah. along with that mango. Mm -hmm. All right. Let's yeah. drink it. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, that's... Well, it's, A, it's very good. Very drinkable. Like, it, does, it smells it's, like it's heavy, but it's not. Well, that's the thing. It's like... It's not heavy, yeah. It looks like it's going to be a really heavy beer, and it doesn't taste mm -hmm. heavy, but it's also a really strong beer. And for a double, you think it would have that punch bite. that almost like bite and yeah, burn. Yeah, but it doesn't. It starts with it, but it never has that finish. It doesn't have that strong finish. Yeah, like it starts, you get the, the fruit and the bitter right up front. It punches you in the face with its double IPA taste. But but it doesn't continue. Yeah, I agree. Which I like. Mm-hmm. Mikey likey that a lot. <laughs> that's that's really good. Mm -hmm. That's really interesting that they can do that. That's something that's strong too. Especially when you have a double IPA that's somewhere fruity, usually you get that big burn at the end. Yeah. There's another, I feel like there's another fruit in here that I can't distinguish right away. I don't know, but look how much I already had. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm taking big gulps of this bad boy. You are. <laughs> it tastes like it's a strong beer. Like you would drink it and go, that's a strong beer, but you can't tell exactly how strong it is. Because it doesn't have that yeah. burn or it doesn't have that burn to stop you from drinking it fast. Like which there, could be dangerous. Yes. <clears throat> like there there are other breweries that are more local to us that do double IPAs that you can tell it's a double IPA. Oh yeah. This one all the time. Yeah. I mean, I think one of my favorite double IPAs is Ghost Island, which I think I've said on the podcast before, mm -hmm. uh, which is from Thimble. Mm -hmm. And you can absolutely tell that that's a double IPA. It's really good, but, but it's, it's tasty. It, it's yeah. really tasty, but it, it's got that double IPA burn to it. Mm -hmm. And I think even Road to Ruin, which is an, uh, by Two Roads, another pretty decent oh, double I love IPA. Road to Ruin, yeah. That's got a little bit of a burn to it too. So what what would you? And we're going off on kind of a tangent now, but <laughs> do you prefer Ghost Double or Ghost Triple 
from Thimble. Well, Ghost Triple is more of a challenge. And Ghost Triple is one of the only triples I actually like. Okay. But in drinkability, I could buy Ghost Doubles all day. But I do like that Ghost Triple is like there for me. Mm-hmm. If I need that triple, I want to get it done <laughs> in one. Um, well, the only other triple I can think of that we have fairly regularly would be uh, Fuck It from Tribus. We've had a couple of other triples, but yeah, that's the only one that near us that's like around regularly. Yeah. I don't. And that's has, different from a Trapel. Yes. It's not. We're not talking about Belgian beers here. <laughs> Although I do love Trapels. Um, had two roads put out a triple? No, I don't believe so. I don't think so. Not that I know of. Yeah. Not that I can recall. Unless they did that as a pilot or a shop, mm-hmm. which are their specialty limited time beers in their brewery where they or test some, things out. Or if I they did remember. it like really early on when they opened in 2012, like before we were even like, if no. before that was even on our radar. No, because that's, we were having them at restaurants with their three main beers at that point. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. That's true. Yeah. And, and going back to. Hog River. Hog River and Local 35. Mm-hmm. The, I've had doubles that also. And I can't point them out, unfortunately, off the top of my head. I've had doubles that also don't taste like they're doubles. I think we've even had them on the cast before. Yes, we have. Where it's like, oh, I can't even tell this is a double IPA. This, I can tell it's a double, but it doesn't burn. So it's like, and, and sometimes I want a double. Sometimes I want to taste that that punch, that extra like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm going to really hop it to you. And <laughs> hop it to you. TM, 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 TM. That's going to be on a shirt and it's going to be a hop with a boxing yes. glove. That's going to be one of our crack on one open. Oh, oh, I love it. <laughs> oh, can we? Oh, it would be like Rock'em Sock'em Boppers, but instead of the giant gloves, they have giant hops. I've said too much. Get drawing. Stop. Stop giving people <laughs> ideas. <laughs> but yeah, I, I sometimes you want that in a beer and sometimes you want that overabundance of fruitiness, which like I said before, at the start of the summer, I was getting over, oversaturated right? over like, with apricot. the mangoes and the, and the apricots. <laughs> Apricotted. But I think we've had a pretty interesting summer in terms of our beer selection. Yes. It's been very interesting. And then we had a couple of fall beers and now we're back to this, this mango experience and it's good mm-hmm. and it's interesting and it's different and it doesn't burn. And like you said, there is something else in there too. But there's so many, like the, the flavors that I went through, I feel like. Go through them again? Yeah. Mosaic. Blueberry, berry, mango, stone fruit, floral, bubblegum, which I, I'm going to rule out bubblegum right away because no, you I, hate that. I hate bubblegum and beers, um, yeah. Tropical, citrusy, grassy, piney, earthy, spicy. <laughs> every flavor. Yeah. It's, it's just it's listed n- everything. It's, yeah, we're not narrowing the list down at all. I kind of get that floralness to it, though, but I think that's also part of the mango-iness to it, that, that yeah. almost tropical feel to the beer. Mm-hmm. I wonder if it could be blueberry. Maybe, maybe like the sweetness of blueberry and not necessarily the tartness. Or maybe, I don't know. There, there there's something more. <laughs> See, this is why I have to go to beer school so that I can learn to distinguish these flavors on my palate. The earthiness, I definitely get. Yes, you get that but earthiness it's not, it's not at the end. Dank. I wouldn't call it dank or resinous, which is what I was kind of expecting. With the Citro Lupulin and the the description of the Lupulin being like the straight up compound, like oil and compound. Oh, I feel like I get some of that. I feel like I get some of that like drinking syrup kind of a thing. Not in terms of its heft. Yeah. But in terms of. Uh, I'm talking about dankness though. Yeah. I'm talking in terms of like that sweetness that like, mm, let's punch it up. Mm-hmm. That could also be what keeps it from getting that, that burn is it's got. All those hops are from the Lapool, like that extra hoppy flavors from Lapoolin. Yeah. Instead of like just a ton of hops, which are going to burn at the end, maybe. Yeah. May- maybe having that 
the extra plant matter in there contributes to being more bitter, more punchy because, you you know, it's not necessarily filtered out. Yeah, I don't disagree. Because, like, think about when you steep. I mean, this is could be a very poor <laughs> example. <laughs> and I apologize to any brewers that are listening, like with their head in their on their forehead, like, oh, God, she doesn't know what she's talking about. Think about when you steep tea for too long, having the tea leaves in the water, it just gets bitter. And like, whereas if you get that flavor without having to steep it for that long, maybe that's could be could be. I'm sure that's not untrue. I can't imagine a professional brewer is going, oh, no, that's not true. <laughs> you don't keep your stuff in the in every process the whole time. Yeah. So that, that could be part of it. Mm hmm. It's just a really impressive beer. I, honestly, when you first picked these up and you picked these for the episode, I did, I thought I wasn't going to like it that much. I thought it was going to be okay because it's a really cool can and we'll get to the can. But I thought that's, yeah. let's be honest, that's pretty much why you picked it out. But you you read the description of the beer before you pick them out. Yes. But that's what I focus on because I, I want to know that I'm going to have something to talk about <laughs> <laughs> before before I buy it. So when you picked them out, I'm looking at the cans going, oh, she picked it because they're pretty. Oh, uh, <laughs> no. Don't get me wrong. I, that's absolutely what, what drew draws me to, to the shelf. Yeah. But then I, I make sure. That, it, yeah. yeah. So I was I was a little nervous that I thought would think this one was just OK, mm -hmm. that we wouldn't have much to talk about. My tasting notes would be it's beer. I would buy this again. Absolutely. I would buy this again. I would I would buy this as this is one of my favorite double IPAs. I'd be interested yeah. to have this. And, and the a original. Thimble Island back to back. I oh. would also be interested in having the original, but yeah. I really, I think this is one of my favorite double IPAs. Nice. Honestly, like I am very surprised that this pretty can, not that you can have a pretty can and have a good beer, but I really didn't think this was going to be anything special today. <laughs> and this surprise, this double IPA is really blowing my mind. And it, it, it is also a much fruitier beer than the Thimble Island. Yes. Double, yeah. The Ghost Island. So I, I think they're on two different wavelengths in terms of what kind of IPAs they are, even if they are doubles. Yeah, it, it would be difficult to compare them. Like Ghost and Road to Ruin are both very similar IPAs. Yeah. They're those dark, hoppy only IPAs. But this mm -hmm. is such a fruity, hazy juice bomb IPA. Yeah. That Double IPA. Double IPA. That it's in a category on its all its own in terms of double IPAs that I like that I've had. I'm sure I've had mm -hmm. hazy double IPAs before, but. If I have, this is the only one that's made a name for itself. This is, <laughs> this is really, really fantastic. Yeah. Hartford is, I mean, I know Connecticut's a small state. So people that might be listening in bigger states are like, what, you can't drive up? Yeah. It's like, it's still a. It's still 45 minutes. It's, it's still. It's still a while to go yeah. up just to drink beer because you, then, you're then not really you driving drive back, back. <laughs> after beer. Unless it's close to the casinos. In Hartford? Look, yeah. That's still not that close. No. Mwah, mwah. Maybe when we go see a concert, because we go to a concert sometimes in Hartford. Yeah. Maybe we can go uh, stop by. We were supposed to go, like, in two weeks. I'm sorry. Why do you got to remind me about that? Uh, because I'm still mad about it. You know, it. you also missed Dave Matthews again. <laughs> and Alanis Morissette and Matchbox 20. Oh, I thought Matchbox 20 was the concert you talked about. Oh, no, that was a while no, ago. No, I'm talking about the, we were supposed to see the Star Wars Empire Strikes yeah. Back symphony. A second time or yeah. for the rescheduled date. For the, yeah. Thanks, COVID. <laughs> Yeah, I want to try their Kolsch now. Me too. <laughs> Hog River. It's this is good. 
Yeah. I, th- I mean, this, I believe this is our, the first time we've had anything from them. I don't remember seeing any offerings from them at like, I, I mean, we could name off a couple of restaurants around here that would have them. Well, that's the thing is like, there's I, also Blackhawk Brewery in Connecticut. Yeah. And I know I've had a ton from Blackhawk yep. and it's like, have I ever had anything from Hog River and just bought it thinking it was Blackhawk and just it's seeing possible. Hog and bought it and not thought a second thought? I don't know. It would have been Prime 16, Eli's, or Plan B. Or wouldn't tap. Or wouldn't, well, R.I.P. <laughs> it could have been anywhere. I could have had that, that. So I might have had Hog River. I don't remember. I certainly haven't had this before, but this is it's really good. It's fantastic. This might be one of my favorite like juice bomb beers. Mm-hmm. And I'm not a huge juice bomb guy. No, either. you're not. Like they're okay and I'll drink them, but. But this is so flavorful and it's not. I feel like the the flavors are purposeful. It's not just hazy for the sake of being hazy. It's not a juice bomb just for the sake of throwing a bunch of. Oh, yeah. They didn't just throw mango like crazy or apricot like crazy to be yeah. like, there's juice. No, like. And this then is, you just drink it and it's just like, uh, there's a lot of that. This is extremely well balanced. And I, I love and I can't stress this enough for anybody listening who wants to go out and buy this and try this mm-hmm. is. You get that punch that a double IPA would have. It's not like it's it, it's not it's lacking. not like it's not lacking in that it's strong. So if you're looking for something strong, mm-hmm. this is for you. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't have that burn at the end, like that almost alcohol type burn that yeah. a lot of doubles and and pretty much every triple has. It's completely hidden. It gets that punch at the beginning, and then you can drink it smooth, which is why I'm already almost done with it. You are, despite all my talking as well. <laughs> it's just like this is this thing is. Almost gone. It's fantastic. I'm almost disappointed we didn't get more of this. And this is a tall boy too. Yeah, I feel like. It's, oh I feel no! Like it's, not everything you get is a tall boy. I think not everything, but for double IPAs. But yeah, this is a tall boy. So you get a lot of bang for your buck. Yeah. Uh, it, it is nine percent. So you are you are gonna hit, feel it. You are gonna taste that strength. But it's also a good beer that if someone doesn't usually like double IPAs, this would be an excellent introduction to double like, IPAs. But they can be good. You know, you can use all that flavor and, and and make a beer that's not strong for strong sake, just trying to make a good beer, mm-hmm. which is what this is. And I feel like a lot of doubles and pretty much every triple, I think, yeah. is just trying to be like, let's make it strong just because I think we can. Yeah. This is, I want to make a double IPA. This is not experimental. Yeah. I'd like to make a double IPA, whatever it comes out strength wise, it comes out strength wise, yeah. but I just want to try it with flavors. And that's what this is. And it's amazing. A little out of season. I, yeah. To be fair, I did buy this a couple of weeks ago. I mean, it is still even in Connecticut, like like 70 degrees during the daytime, but mm-hmm. it does get cold at night. Yeah. But at this point, people are transitioning to fall beers. And I think a juice bomb is really summery. Yeah. But this has been around. I couldn't find exactly when it debuted, but I found posts on their Facebook dating back to like 2018. Oh, that's fine. I mean, the other the other thing is it's a double, so it'll keep you warm in the winter. True. <laughs> <laughs> but no, this is really good. Yeah. And now for the can. Yeah. So the reason Elise picked this up <laughs> <laughs> is because this tall boy can is a wraparound label. Well, it's not a, I guess, screen printed can. I don't know what you'd call the cans that are. No, it's 100%. just it's just a label that goes all the way around instead of leaving that like centimeter blank space. It does go all the way around, which I like. But the reason she picked this is, A, 
Uh, this label is smooth, which I like. It's very <laughs> laminated. Yep. Uh, it's all white in the background, and it's just color splotches. It's like paint in water, mm-hmm. and it's blues, but it's yellows, almost, it's and almost turquoise. like watercolor. But it's got like an oily, yeah, I think visual to it as well. Like it, the way that it, fades. I feel like this is oil paints dropped in a dropper into a glass of water. Yeah, against a photo, like a a white backdrop. Mm-hmm. So it's really pretty. It's very and artistic. Like magnified. Yeah. It's very new age art. It's very something you'd see in a waiting room to keep you calm. Uh, but it's very pretty and it's very bright and the colors really work together. Mm-hmm. And in terms of a can, it's not something you usually see on beer. No. And it's very minimal in terms of the writing and where they've positioned things. Mm-hmm. So the very front of the can, obviously on the very top, but in very small writing says Hog River Brewing Hartford, Connecticut. And then far down on the can toward the bottom, you get in very, very small letters. HRBC, obviously stands for Hog River Brewing Company, established 2016. And then in letters slightly larger than Hog River, but I would still say pretty small for your average can. Mm -hmm. It says Local 35 in white and black. And then underneath, double IPA. So on a related note, I just realized that the the logo that I was talking about in the beginning where it might have been related to the fact that they are in the old rubber mm-hmm. building is not on that can. I just wanted to show you that label or logo rather. Oh, that's cool. It's like an old factory wheel. Yeah. Yeah. This does not have that. This is very sleek. Very sleek. Even the other side of the label just has the barcode cash refund thing the government warning on the very, very bottom and white on the white background. And then something you don't see usually actually on the very side of the can says artwork by Mount Hook established 2017 um, mounthook.com. So I guess they outsourced their can logo, which is pretty cool. This is a really nice looking can. I mean, hashtag worth it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And it is a very gripping kind of design that's Mm -hmm. not usually on cans. Very minimalized, but I can see why you picked it up. Yeah, it is a surprisingly juicy, hazy, but not heavy Mm -hmm. double IPA that doesn't have bite, but still has that punch. Extremely, extremely drinkable. Would you have this with food? I feel like this is kind of a pre-food beer. It's a pre or post. I don't... Not that it wouldn't go well with food, but I feel like a lot of... I wouldn't be able to appreciate... The flavor of it. Yeah. Beers that are a little sweet like this and a little hazy get lost lost or affect the flavor of the food and vice Mm. versa. And I don't know if I'd eat anything with this and pretty much anything with fruit. I don't really think I would really eat much food with. Fair. Like we're going to start making dinner now after we record this. And let's say I had a second one while we were making dinner or which we don't have, unfortunately, or I still had some left while we were making dinner. Mm hmm. I would drink it while we were eating if I still had some left even then, but it wouldn't be enjoyable. Yeah. This is kind of a at the brewery, enjoy it kind of a thing. As an, uh, Before you get your meal, your first drink at the mm-hmm. restaurant kind of a thing. If you're like us, we usually have one drink and then the food comes. Yeah. And then there's, that's the second drink. But if we were at a brewery and we had like bar snacks, like I, I could see eating like maybe chips or pretzel, like something. Oh, snacky. Snacky. That's salty. just salty. Yeah. That would go well. Mm-hmm. Something with not a ton of flavor, but a lot of salt. Yeah. Cause then this would kind of be like this little sweet surprise at the after you had that mm-hmm. salty thing. Oh yeah. That would be good. That'd work. Just the main meal. I don't see, I see this ruining the meal and the meal ruining this, but no, this is awesome. Local 35 hog river brewing company. Yeah. 
I think it's really interesting that they call it the same title as the regular beer, though. Yeah, that was it. It did make it slightly complicated to do the research for this beer. Yeah, because you just hit in the other. Yeah. Other beer. I don't know if I know of any other beer that's the same. The same name, but yeah, just doubled. Oh, Triple Ghost. No, because that's called Triple Ghost. They they cut out the island. You just have to assume. Insinuate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. That's all I got for this beer. You got yeah. anything to add? I don't think so. Color me impressed, though. <laughs> <laughs> Color me impressed because <laughs> it's a bunch of colors on yeah. the can art. Yeah. I like it. Get it? I like it. You get a you get a clink <laughs> for that. <laughs> Points. Sorry. Bring back at midnight. <laughs> so yeah. Uh thank you for tuning into this week's episode. And if you enjoyed it, please rate it, review it, and share it with your friends and subscribe to catch our future episodes. You can find us on crackenwhenopen.com or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Kraken1Open, or just shoot us an email at Kraken1Open at gmail.com with any comments or questions or suggestions, or if you want to send us beer or money. or <laughs> Beer? Money? What? Beer and money? <laughs> Those are my favorite things. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we just want to hear from you. What do you want us to cover? Uh, we'll do it. End of story. Yeah. You got any plugs? <laughs> of course I got plugs. First of all, please buy my audiobooks on audible.com. <laughs> uh, you can find me under the name Michael Butler, not Michael anything Butler or Michael Butler, something just Michael Butler. I've got a few books out. They're mostly horror books. Please buy them. Help me support this young, beautiful lady right here. She needs to eat. She's so, so hungry. hungry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it's almost Halloween, so it's the perfect time to get those books because they are mostly horror books. Yeah. I am trying to do other books, but it seems a lot of horror authors like how I read horror books, which is weird. <laughs> I don't think I have a horror voice, but that's fine. Horrible <laughs> voice. Aww. Anyway, but if you don't think I have a horrible voice and want to hear me talk more, you can find me on two other podcasts, Forgotten Cinema, a podcast with my buddy, writer-director Mike Field. It's a podcast where we look at movies that for some reason seem to be forgotten by audiences. Whether it be because a more popular movie was released at the same time or the film simply didn't catch on in its initial run, we'll discuss what we love about it or maybe don't love about it, but we always recommend you revisit it. You can join us on Forgotten Cinema Podcast every Wednesday. We put out an awesome commercial every Thursday. We think they're awesome. They're funny. Uh, You can find us on the social medias as well, Forgotten Cinema Pod or Forgotten Cinema Podcast. We post every weekday. Check us out. I've also got Two Player Bros, a podcast with my buddy Dave, where we're two guys who play way too many video games. Join us as we take a look at the latest in video game news, previews and reviews, Xbox, PlayStation, Nintendo, PC, VR. We have it all. We play it all. And every other week, join us for a post game where we take a deep dive into a modern classic or a brand new game and take a look at how it was made, our thoughts on the game, as well as the story. And... Two Play Rose comes out every Thursday, also part of Forgotten Entertainment Family, as well as all the other podcasts. And you can find us on twoplayerbros.com. Dot com. And I mean, if you want to send me a free game, go ahead. <laughs> I mean, if we're all talking about free stuff right now. <laughs> <laughs> and a special thanks for our theme, which was composed and performed by Joe Reichert. Until next time. Cheers. Cheers. I'm feeling this beer. <laughs> <laughs>